The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, guns up. Giddy up. Welcome to Failure to Stop Last Call. Failure to Stop, the number one show where police meet society and culture. Today's last call show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Last call is the show that gives you something else to talk about over the weekend with your civilian friends so that you don't sound like a, like a weird first responder, the odd man out. This gives you something else to talk about other than the job, other than dead babies and domestic violence. Bringing you all the news today, we've got a very special guest and I cannot wait to bring her on. Um, I'm going to bring her on here shortly. If you'd like to support this show, uh, you could go to iTunes or Spotify and leave a five-star rating and review. And uh, if you want to go the extra mile, join our YouTube channel, become a paid member, get you back to where we were uh, in the live chats with our paid members for like the last 15 minutes. Corinne was back there with us. So it's always really special when you get to do that. Um, as far as any housekeeping news, we got a little bit of swag coming. Andrea Uplate's working with that. If you missed the uh, Andrea's uh, True Crime Tuesday, it was a, a thriller, absolutely disgusting and vile case. Um, so if you're into the mayhem and murder of true crime, you're going to love that. And then tomorrow night, Thursday night, we have Com Center with Drew Breezy and Jonathan Bates breaking down a huge case out of Austin, Texas. Uh, where they will be going over the dispatcher audio. And then, of course, Friday's our breakdowns. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, though. That's all I have. I'm going to bring in our guest, Corinne Tatum. Everybody, uh, say hello to the wonderful and the beautiful Corinne Tatum. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, uh, by the way, if you're wondering who Corinne Tatum is, uh, you ever heard of Channing Tatum? Well, this isn't him. And uh, it's not his wife either. But she is the wife to third cousin of Chatting Tatum, Brandon Tatum. Is that correct? Is that yes. Third cousin. <laughs> yeah. Third cousin. Are you a Channing Tatum fan by chance? I mean, how do you not like him? I think he's pretty funny. He's got the dance moves. You know, his comedy movies are pretty funny. Yeah, I guess I'm a fan. I like him. My wife hates him. I don't know why. Hates she him? just does not like his films at all. I don't think she hates him as a person, but she just refuses to watch any of the films and i like almost all of them i even like magic mike so um dead leg what do we have for the news really fast before i jump into this episode what do we need to know what do we need to talk about this weekend uh without having to watch the mainstream media so we'll rapid fire it real quick 101st airborne is going to send six thousand troops to eastern europe oh right it's, yeah it's quietly putting six thousand american boots on the eastern front because of russia was there like is the six billion dollars we spent <laughs> not not enough it's not i don't know if they're paying the airfare for this or we're paying the airfare for this but somebody's paying it and they're sending six thousand they don't know if they're going to their estimate they think they might be in poland or romania or east germany but they don't know exactly for sure and i'm sure that the details won't come out until actually boots on the ground uh, you know what so. i called it i called it two years ago i said big government can't go without big war and uh, if they pull out of Afghanistan, it doesn't matter. It'll only be a matter of time before we find our way back into another one. So I'm not surprised there. And then uh, firearms. So there's two big rules about a firearm. First one is you always treat it as if it's loaded. Yes. The second one is, is you don't point it at anybody unless you intend to destroy that target. Sure. Well, Alec Baldwin and uh, one of the weapon specialists from the movie, when he shot somebody in the face, they're going to get charged with involuntary manslaughter. Oh, how does so that work? So they're finally going to face charges for that. It tell the if you look into it and look kind of deeper into it, some of it seems like it there there might be some nefarious stuff to it. But then you look at the bigger picture, and they charged several people. So it's not like. There was intent. It was one person, and it was it had to have been a multitude of people. So that's why I think that instead, like there's some people that dig in, and he had some rounds and some of his stuff on his possession or something. But I don't know that that's anything to it. And the, the case is still being let out in the media, and that so it sounds like there's going to be a lot of unsupervised probation in that case. Yeah, I don't even know if he'll see the inside of the courtroom, or if he'll send a representative, not a or not a chance. Then the uh, other big thing is 
um, make sure you check your, your underneath of your bed or maybe in your closet or if you've got a Corvette in the garage, I'm sure you've got some classified documents stored in a glove box, but it seems like everybody has classified documents come out. Biden had a bunch come out. Uh, Pence had a bunch come out and then Trump had his stuff. But the interesting thing about Biden's is when you Google Biden and documents, just those two words, Google puts a great big thing on the top of it and explains what's going on and da, 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 da. When you Google Biden or Trump documents or Pence documents, you don't get any of that stuff. So right. So when you, when you, when you again. Google Trump, um, it's just like the headlines are like crazy documents were found FBI raid. But when you Google Joe Biden documents, it's like Wikipedia fact check, click here for the real story, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. And some of Biden's, what's interesting about this is some of Biden's were found before the midterm elections and they decided not to let everybody know just, just by coincidence. Do you, uh, do you vote for Biden by chance? Corin? I don't want to, jump into your personal life or anything but i'm leaving this podcast is over (laughs) highly offensive you're harassing me no absolutely not absolutely not it's almost as offensive as the thin blue line in los angeles oh yeah yeah so that's the next one let's go ahead about that we make sure that we axe everybody off uh los angeles police department is banning the thin blue line flag from everything from the department, from their uniforms, from their vehicles. You can't have it on your computer. None of it because someone complained. sounds like we need a thin blue line shirt that says failure to stop wearing the thin blue line. But Uh, talk about shooting yourself in the foot within the same calendar week. uh, Officer shortage in LAPD has them asking retirees to come back to work. (laughs) So everybody that quit because of all this BS they're asking them, hey, we're still doing that BS and we're doing more, but we want you to come back. What do you think? You think anybody's coming back to LA? No. Absolutely not. I would. Absolutely. No. no. Not, not a chance, dude. Not a chance. We just had an LAPD uh, IA investigator on for the sex scandal out of uh, Tennessee. And uh, he was he was good. He, it was it was a fun episode. Um, it, it definitely went places I didn't think it was going to go, but it was a it was a very very good and intense episode. Um, so if you want to go back to our Friday breakdown, we break down that whole Tennessee case with uh, Megan Hall and her five friends. Um, uh, but it was interesting to hear an internal affairs point of view on that. But yeah, I don't I don't see high hopes for Los Angeles in the next five to ten years. Um, well, yeah, I lived there for seven years before I came here um, to live in Arizona with Brandon. I, I honestly thought there's no way LA can get any worse. But <laughs> buckle up. How is I've only been Aaron's to LA back. once. So much traffic. That was terrible. Is there a lot of traffic? Where do you, where, is there any traffic where you're at now? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm a stay at home mom now, so I I mean yeah. I'll go literally three or four days without getting in a car. Um, but this morning on the way to our new warehouse, yeah, there was a little traffic on the freeway and I was like, oh my God, it's terrible. But <laughs> no, in LA, you're talking like hour hours to go a mile, yeah, two miles maybe. It's terrible. The terrible. traffic killed Kobe, you know, that's why if there wasn't traffic, he wouldn't have been in a helicopter. Hey, that's he wouldn't true. have died. Rest in pieces. That's a good point. Rest I in pieces, Kobe. Get a, like in the army, when you deploy and you go to combat and get a combat patch, I think you should get the same thing. If you lived in LA for a certain amount of years, you earn like a patch or a shirt that says, hey, I survived. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Corinne, thank you for coming on. Today is uh, last call of the show. That's where we talk about literally anything other than the news. Uh, it's a very family heavy heavy show. I don't know if you've ever listened to the last call edition of Failure Stuff before, but uh, really heavy on like uh, getting cops to be better with their families, better with their kids. And to sit down at the dinner table and talk about something else other than dead babies and domestic violence with their loved ones and significant others. And so uh, we we are so thankful that you came on because you guys have really lived kind of by example uh, with your social medias, with all of your projects. You give cops tons of stuff to talk about other than the job. And uh, and so we appreciate you coming on. Uh, First off, what's it like uh, being the wife of uh, Brandon Tatum? Most of the time it's good. I think it's fun. Um, I have a pretty thick skin and I don't give a rip about anybody's opinion. So I can, you know, I I can put up with all the backlash and things people say about Brandon when they don't like what he says. Um, But most of the time it's fun. Are you the wife? Are you the wife? Like my wife, um, I'm the guy that like goes out and then people will look at my wife and say, 
oh, who's your husband? And she'll say, oh, it's Tansy, the guy over there. And they're like, oh, oh, that's your, that's your husband. Oh, okay. And then, but like, if somebody's like, hey, Eric, who's your wife? I'm like, oh, it's that girl over there, Ashley. And they're like, oh my gosh, that, at your wife? Is that kind of like the dynamic that you guys have? When, I mean, like when they ask and you say, Brandon Tatum's my husband, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Or are they like, whoa, that's awesome. No, I think people pretty like think it's awesome. Okay. He's, he, uh, he dresses pretty nicely. Like he knows how to put it together. He's yeah. a good looking guy. I'm, I'm a few years older than him. So I think I, I did pretty good too. Oh, you're, you're older than he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm four years oh. older than him. Oh, do you give him shit about that? Well, he gives me shit about it because oh. before we ever dated or like we're together <clears throat> romantically, I helped him with marketing and helped him grow his social media. So I like helped him grow his platform. Um, and he liked me at the time. And I was like, you're too young. Like, mm -mm, oh. you're too young. You're not my type. You're too young. And so now it's like, now he gives me shit because he's like, oh, am I still too young for you? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Uh, my wife's like four years younger than me. So I always say I'm robbing the cradle, you know, all the time. I make yeah. I know he calls I, say, I like him young. I like him young. She's like, I'm like four years younger than you. So calm down. Uh, she's like, calm down there, Leonardo. She said, calm down, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a new movie out, the Harvey Weinstein movie. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, is it like a series on Hulu yeah. or Netflix? Yeah, something like that. Maybe it's Paramount or something. I don't know, but it's uh, oh yeah, it's like I the story. The it's like I guess from the victim's point of view. Yeah. And they were like, no one's going to believe you. It's true. Strange times we're living in these days, right? Like always yeah. believe the victim unless it's, why has that become a left and a right thing? Why is it, uh, the, the whole pedophilia thing is a left versus right thing. Why do you like, why does the left feel like they need to defend people who are accused of, of pedophilia? I, I don't defend anybody. If, if no. somebody says Trump committed pedophilia acts, I'd want to see the evidence. Oh, he's toast. You know, I'd, I'd want to see the evidence. I'd be like, sure, let's go. I want to see it. Like, I, I'm all in on that. I'll like, I'll, I'll burn that dude at the stake too. But you know, I made a comment the other day when oh, I somebody posted a meme about Michael Jackson and somebody said, leave Michael Jackson alone, let him rest in peace. And I said, why? He kind of deserves all the memes he can get. And um, and then it was just like, I just got hammered by like, oh yeah, drinking the Trump juice. I'm like, when, when did, what does Trump have to do with Michael Jackson being a pedophile? Yeah, Trump didn't tell him to give those kids Jesus juice. Right? Uh, or to lay with him in bed with and look at porno magazines. Like, the overwhelming amount of evidence that Michael Jackson was a pedophile is kind of weird. I have an aunt who's a, a very left liberal. And uh, this Thanksgiving, um, they, were, they were playing a song in the kitchen, and it was, um, it was Michael Jackson. I'm like, man, we're not canceling Michael Jackson yet? Like, I, I kind of just feel like, kind of feel like Michael Jackson. And she was like, stop right now. We're not doing politics. And I was like, oh, is that what's political <laughs> about Michael Jackson being a pedophile? <laughs> like, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, well, I, have you ever heard the theory that if you can sing and dance, that you can get away with anything? Like, yeah. Michael Jackson can sing and dance so he can get away with it. Chris Brown can sing and dance. He got away with it. R. Kelly is the only one who hasn't gotten away with it. Because he but can't usually, sing if you dance. can sing and dance, you'll be forgiven. Can R. Kelly dance? Is he good? Yeah, I don't know. He's got some bangers, though. Yeah. When I hear his songs, I don't turn them off. I'll admit. You know, I don't turn off uh, songs when Kanye West, like especially from the like, the college albums. Oh yeah, no, I don't. It's I, no. really hard okay. for me to turn that off. I don't yeah, think no, I ever will. Um, no, I, I won't either. Same with Eminem, though. I mean, I think Eminem's got some bangers, and I just can't stand him as a human. But man, same. Some of his music. Some I mean, that's music. most music. Most music. Most musicians are. You don't, I, I don't support their politics, but right. I try to turn it off and enjoy the music anyway. Right. I mean, being a close to, I guess like you guys aren't probably, uh, you guys probably don't see it as much as like other celebrities, but I mean, do you feel like there's a culture in celebrity status that needs to be, to be changed? Like, I, I think there really is a culture and I'm not going to say like, I go as far as like saying like pedophilia, but I've been to enough of these elite parties um as a sommelier uh as a podcast guy and some other uh instances but i i kind of feel like there is a there is a culture that's very negative and uh there's a lot of women that want to sleep with guys at these parties um not a lot of guys looking to sleep with 
with women, right? Like, like the guys just know they're going to sleep with women because they know that the women are going to be there. They're all going to want to do it. So, but when you get there, they don't know the age of those women, um, you know, and they're jacked up on cocaine and they're jacked up on alcohol. And I think that's the culture that has led to kind of like the overwhelming amount of pedophile behavior in Hollywood because it's become so accustomed across the board to party with these youngsters. Yeah. Uh, what, I've never been to, I mean, I've never been to parties like that. I had some, I don't know, famous friends, quasi famous friends, but yeah, I, I, I would have, I would say that I think I stayed away from those kind of parties because it's like mm, nothing good happens there. You know, like, yeah, because I feel like you guys have always kind of had your roots. So you probably don't even get invited um, when you're a yeah. sommelier. Nobody knows who you are. They just know that you're a sommelier. Right. And then you get invited yeah. to these fancy parties. And then like you see like celebrities that you've really looked up to and they're running lines wow. of cocaine on the countertops. And, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's all the bad stuff. And, and it's always yeah. uh, always yeah. disheartening to me. But I think, you know, people talk about we need to change police culture. Or we need to change the culture of football. Like, I think you need to change the culture of Hollywood. Like these Hollywood parties are yeah. grotesque. And you don't yeah. have to be like at the parties to know they're grotesque. I mean, you can look at the tabloids and see how foul these parties are. Like when you have to sign an NDA and check in your camera. Yeah, bingo. Alanis, did you see the re reporting Alanis Morissette, I guess, came out yesterday or over the weekend and said that like the whole music industry is just filled with pedophiles. And that's like all they do. And it's like, well, oh. how many more celebrities have to come out and say it before we believe it? Yeah, that is so strange to me. And like, why is why are people so defensive about that topic? I don't know. And if you've seen Britney Spears' Instagram, it's like oh, something happened to her. Have I seen her Instagram? I mean, I I basically stalk her. Really, uh, I can't get enough of it. You think the that's spinning. you think that's cocaine? You think that's crap? No, I I think it's I think it's a lot of trauma and mental illness and like uh what's it called like arrested development from the age of like yeah. twelve and thirteen when yeah I think I don't know I think about. there's a lot of drugs going when she's dancing in front of the camera like that all the time like put a, yeah put a brush through the hair wipe the wipe yesterday's makeup off yeah it's 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 I fascinating but it's also sad to watch oh it's very sad to watch yeah. I'm not entertained by it as much as I'm just like. It's like a train, like a wreck. train wreck. Gotta watch it, you know, every day. And it's 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 crazy because people like message me all like all day long, you know, like as if I'm not watching it, they'll be like, <laughs> you know, sending me like, I'll probably get 15 of her posts a day, like in my DMs. Like, guys, you don't have to send it to me. Like, I know. <laughs> I, I've seen this. I've seen her spinning. Like I'm like one of her top fans. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I see all of it, but. Yeah, I, I had a Tansha Thomas prediction that she would overdose or she'd be yeah. on OnlyFans by this summer. Um, not proud of that prediction, but I still kind of think it's it's in the cards. Uh, I yeah. don't really see any way out for her. Do you think that she should be back under conservative, like under conservatorship, or do you think that free Britney, like her being free, is a good thing? No, I, I think moderation in all things. Like, and, yeah. and that's it's like a big American thing, right? We always want to go one way or the other. Um, there yeah. is a reasonable conservatorship that you could put her under. There's or something, can, you know, there, there's yeah. a middle ground. We just, you know, we choose to go black versus white, right? Like, there's no yeah. gray area. Sure. I, I think there's a gray area with Brittany. You got to get her some help. I mean, either that or she's going to be like Aaron. Uh, what, what's, I mean, um, what's the homeboy that just killed himself? Oh yeah, um, and Nick Aaron Carter, Aaron Carter, Carter. Aaron Carter. Carter. Yeah. you know, um, everybody saw the writing on the wall with Aaron Carter. I mean, yeah. dude, every one of his interviews was so off of the rails, um, just a spiral. Like he gave out so many clues, and there wasn't anybody yeah. besides a C student like me that could see that and say, like, dude, like this guy needs like legit help. Not put him in an institution, but like, let's get like a real moderator in here to help this guy out. But and I, even even he talked about terrible things that were done to him when he was young it's like yeah it's gross definitely not a stage mom Bo my our, our son's name is Bo he will be doing no nothing in Hollywood no singing no dancing no acting none of it not a stage mom maybe be a Tim Tebow yeah no no Tim Tebow. no I mean if, if if when he's 18 he wants to do that sure but are you guys gonna do I no screens Till 18? I would never let. Wait, sorry. What'd you say? Are you guys? Are you guys gonna do like no screens till eighteen? Well, I said that when I was pregnant, right? And when he was a baby, but 
I mean, have you ever, I mean, yes, you've got children. Have you tried to take a shower when you've got a, a child or you're trying to cook a meal? Right. And Brandon's, you know, down at the office. Yes, we do screen time. Yeah, we do screen time too. Now, so, and this is a weird thing, right? Because I, one, I, I never wanted to be a podcaster. I never wanted to be uh, a so-called influencer. It was never in the cards for me. It's never something I aspired to be or do. Uh, literally got dropped in my lap that said, hey, we like the way you talk. Would you want to do this? And that's how it all started for me. But my kids watch me and they see all the things that I do. When I used to do the tailgating show uh, for the Tetherball Network and I used to travel to all the football games and do these shows, my kids, you know, would would go and see me. And so now my kids are doing a podcast, uh, which oh, is cool. growing really fast. It's called Gromit Vomit, but it's a, um, my kids are sponsored skateboarders. And um, wow. the child that they do it with is nine and he's sponsored in snowboarding, surfing and skateboarding at nine okay. years old. And, um, and their parents, they homeschool and we homeschool, but we're like the two parents that are kind of like in the same boat where this is all just fun for our kids. But yeah. what we found is, is that our kids are engaging other kids that are on screens and they're doing it in a very healthy way. And so my kids aren't like, in, you know, my kids are now on Instagram, which is crazy, yeah. but it's, it's very inspirational and it's very, uh, organic. It, I, it's, a year ago, I would have said, no, I would have said my kids aren't going to get screens until they're 16. So they're not going to get Instagram, but, sure. um, what they're doing with Gromit vomit is I'm inspired watching them every day. They're getting the biggest guest, way bigger guests than wow. I've ever had on the show aside from today. Uh, I mean, they're getting the best athletes in action sports. Nobody's saying no to them and they're getting sponsored left and right. And it's just been a very great journey. So it's weird how you kind of can cross over into that, but I, I don't know if it, yeah. I, I don't think I would have made it happen. It no, well, that, and that's different from, I don't think you would let your nine-year-old son go to a party at some executive's house with a bunch of, you know, men in the industry and you're not there. You just drop them off and like, I'll pick you up tomorrow morning. Right. Like how does the Balenciaga thing go down? Like how, how airheaded would those parents have been not to be on a set and say, it seems inappropriate. Like, why do we have a doll? Like, why do we have a bondage yeah. doll? But not only that, why are there thongs on the table? Why are there champagne yeah. flutes on the table? What is yeah. this thing? You know what I mean? Like that was a lot in that Balenciaga That's, thing. It was gross. It, it was, it was pretty inappropriate for sure. It was Which, but I, I got a lot of heat during that because I own a pair of Balenciaga, Balenciaga sock runners. And they oh. are the most comfortable shoes you will ever wear. And so I was very, I'm still angry about the fact that I cannot wear them. And, and then I got Crocs instead. And then apparently Crocs did like a RuPaul, you know, kids drag fashion show in Europe. So my mom was like, you can't wear those Crocs anymore. So I'm like, are there any comfortable shoes we can wear that aren't doing inappropriate things with children? But yeah, we, we oh, maybe the, the Tatum tennies. The Tatum tennies are the most comfortable shoe on the market. <laughs> Each uh, show is blessed, like, yeah. <laughs> prayed for. Yeah, I um, yeah, I was pretty salty about that. I was like, really, the one pair of like fashion, comfortable fashion shoes I can't wear anymore. So anyway, I'm extra salty about that Balenciaga situation. Yeah, I, I you know, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I never even heard of Balenciaga. My wife had never heard of Balenciaga. Until the whole thing happened, I would have known. I, I would have no idea who the company was, which I think is the point. I think that's what they. I think that's why they did what they did. Um, yeah, I mean, the, as a brand, they were always kind of weird. Like if you go back and look at their uh, like ad or commercial campaigns from you know 2015 going forward, they're all creepy and weird. But their shoes were very comfortable. <laughs> well, they're all into feet, you know. So if anybody <laughs> knows feet, it's a weirdo. It's a creeper. True. True. So, uh, you know, what's next for the, for the Tatum family? What do you guys got in the works? I know that you worked a lot with the, the whole, was it Blexit? Am I saying that right? Blexit? Oh yeah. Yeah. Brandon, um, he kind of started Blexit with Candace a few years yeah. ago. Um, he still speaks at Blexit events. Um, we just actually got, we bought a new headquarters, like a new, um, it's got a warehouse and an office space, um, podcast room. It, is beautiful. And I was like, wait, maybe I want to come and do work with you again so I can come and be here. Um, but we, we, we just got a printing, like a huge screen printing machine. Right. Um, so we're going to like start doing more merch for other people. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's, Dang, we just got rid of our merch company. We're working on different, like our merch company sucked so bad, man. Like, God, they were terrible. So who'd terrible. you work with? Can you tell? 
You can tell me after. I'll tell you after. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of want to say it now. I, I'm not that kind of yeah. guy, though. But, I, I mean, the fact yeah. that the guy won't respond to my emails anymore, he went from, like, being all up on me and Mike, yep. you know, taking us yep. to dinner, treating us right, to not yep. even responding to, like, simple emails. Like, dude, we're not mad. Like, yep. look, I'll fix it myself. Just tell me how to fix it. But I can't even fix it myself if you ain't going to answer your damn phone. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, just, just sketch balls, man. It's like they get you. They get you into a contract, you know, and then you know maybe give you a month worth of kind and careness, and then they move on to the next yep. big guy. And, Everyone uh, over promises, over. under delivers, and like we've worked with a few different companies in like doing our merch, and we've never been like satisfied or happy. So finally, it's like we a hundred percent have to do everything in house, yeah. and then we can do other people's merch because we've talked to so many people like in this industry. And yeah, there's like a one or two big companies that do it and they are terrible, terrible. Yeah, we did like 1500 shirts, like on a Tuesday. And I think I like, I walked away with like 400 bucks total. Yep. I was That's like, how they do, yeah. And they'll, you know, like? they'll, yeah, <laughs> they'll present it one thing. And then on the back end, I'm like, wait, I thought I was paying, you know, $8 a t-shirt wholesale. And it's like, oh, I was paying $18 wholesale right. for a t-shirt. Okay. Right. Yeah. Bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. Tell me after. Tell yeah, I'll after. tell you afterwards. I'll tell you people. afterwards. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think that's really cool that you guys are doing that. Now, did you were you married to Brandon when he was a cop? So no, Brandon, we were. My mom actually sent me one of his videos, I think, on Facebook. Um, and I lived in LA, and I was like a. I I worked in fashion, and I was like, you know, on the outside, you wouldn't believe that I wasn't like voting for her, go Hillary. But I've always been conservative. Okay. Always super conservative. So I'd like go out to nightclubs with my girlfriends and like. And then, you know, uh, on a Sunday afternoon, I'd go to like a, a AM 760 town hall with like Larry Elder and Dennis oh. Prager. So I've always been very conservative. So my Is there mom a lot of that? Is there a lot of that in LA? Did you have a lot of friends? I feel like that's not LA. Well, no, typical. I would go alone. So I did have oh. a lot of friends and all my friends always knew my politics because I've never been shy about like talking about my politics. But no, I would go to these things alone or I'd have my mom like come into town and we would go together. What instilled that in you? Like what gave you that drive and that passion to, to go at it alone like that? Your mom? Um, yeah, my mom's a New Yorker. So she's like, she gives less F's than me. Um, so yeah, I kind of just was raised this way to like not care what anyone thinks and be bold, be strong, you know, tell the truth. Who cares if they don't like you? But no, all of my friends, were totally fine with my politics, even if they weren't into it or felt differently. Um, they, yeah, I've always like, I was raised on AM radio. So my mom sent me his video. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Go. Yeah. No. So, so my mom sent me one of his videos. So I looked him up and I followed him on Instagram and he didn't have like that much of a following. I think he had a few hundred thousand uh, subs on YouTube, but I wasn't on YouTube really. So I messaged him like, Hey, I saw this video, you know, kudos to you. Keep doing what you're doing. And then he followed me back and he said he thought that I was like a fake uh, bot channel or something just because I was like some, you know, cute girl posting like cute girl photos. And then he was like, there's no way this girl's conservative. And then as we kind of started chatting, he's like, oh, my gosh, this girl is conservative. And then I just we became friends on uh, Instagram. And then I offered to help him like, you know, if you want to grow your business and do this professionally, you've got to stop posting pictures of like your bike and your dog and like your dinner and like cringy selfies. So like, let me help you. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty, it's, it's, it's so funny. That's like when it's like rare, when you're like, wait a minute, you're pretty, you're, you're a conservative. You live in LA. Like, yeah. no, no, this is a bot. Come on. That's not that's, real. That's what he said. He thought I was fake for months. He like didn't even think about it. And then when he saw that I was like a real person, he followed me back. Oh, that's so funny. That's a, that's a great story. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's so it's such a dying thing, right? Like everybody is so concerned with what other people think about them that nobody is really willing to come out and say exactly what they believe and what their stance is and draw a hard line in the sand to say like, either you like me because I'm a Christian and, and I'm a conservative or you just don't like me and you can go away. Like, I don't really care. I don't feel like a lot of people, including myself, I, I have a hard time doing yeah. that. I mean, I have a hard time drawing, you know, yeah. hard lines in this, in the sand, but you guys, uh, together as a team have never, ever shied away from telling everybody exactly where you stand on, on every topic. Yeah. And even 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was definitely raised that way. My mom used to tell me if, you know, if you're, when you're a kid, kids can be cruel. And so if I would tell her like, so-and-so didn't invite me to their party or something. And she'd be like, are you going to die? Like, are you going <laughs> to die if they don't like you? And it's like, no, I guess I'm not going to die. And she's like, well, then who, like, who cares? Like there's plenty of other kids to be friends with. So I was just kind of raised this way. I mean, it does sting. So I do understand why people don't want to rock the boat or say things that people will, you know, not like them anymore. But I honestly see it as like, I would rather know who you are and know who my real friends are. Like, I don't want anybody to fake like me, you know what I mean? Or feel that right. I can't be myself. So if you, I'm going to be me and tell my opinion or how I feel. And if you don't like it, you don't have to like me. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, more of us, we should all take notes on, on, on that and uh, <laughs> be more like that, honestly. And it's like, I, I try to raise my kids to be the same way, you know, it's yeah. Not everybody has to like you, man. Just be you. Don't worry what other people are thinking. You know, like I, I hold my hands, you know, my kid's 10 years old and he's a straight ripper at the skate park. Any skate park we go to all over the East Coast uh, and we go, we travel so much for skateboarding. When he gets there, wow. he's a dominant figure. All three of my kids, they're dominant figures at the skate park. It's like right away, everybody wants to come and skate with them, get their pictures taken oh. with them because they're, they're, they're anomalies. I mean, you don't see five-year-olds yeah. dropping into ginormous swimming pools. Um, and so when they see it, they're like, what, what, the, what happened over there? You know? So, you know, I still hold their hand though for certain tricks and my 10 year old's kind of like, you know, he went through that phase where he was like, dad, I don't need you to hold my hand. It's embarrassing. And I said, Hey dude, look, you're the, like, you're not only are you the best under 10 year old out here, you're one of the best kids out here, period. Who gives a shit what anybody else thinks about you holding your hands or anything? Do that's like you do you. And now it's crazy because he'll go and grab that 13 year old that's there for the first time that's acting real shine, doesn't want to fall oh. down on his behind and, and embarrass himself. My son will be the first one over there. One of my sons will be the first ones over there to hold their hand. And the kids are like super nervous. And my kids are like, no, 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 give me your hands. Give me your hands. I got you. Give me your hands. And it's, it's an awesome way to, to raise them. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that we could bring more of that. And I hope that, like I said, that's kind of what their podcast, that's the, this little grommet vomit thing. And, you know, they're four weeks old. I think they have almost 7,000 followers and these kids love them. Wow. And it's just been yeah. so positive. And, and the, the amount of people who've been reaching out to them has just been incredible. I mean, big names have been reaching out to them. Yesterday was, uh, they, they were able to uh, converse through email back and forth with Ryan Sheckler. I don't know if you know Ryan Sheckler. Oh, he's huge. He's huge. Huge, huge. And huge. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, it just, it's so much in the works wow. for them. And, and, and it's so, it's, it's so important. That's why, you know, I like you guys' Instagram. I like the family orientedness. It's always inspired me. My wife and I, you know, talk about you guys all the time. Do you feel like you're a figure? Like, do you feel like you're an influencer? No, like, yes and no. On the one hand, I know that people, and this is my, my Instagram. I only have an Instagram. It's like the only platform I really have or use, but my account now, I think I have about 20,000 followers. My first Instagram account, I had like 130,000 followers. So it was a much bigger account and it got taken down for posting, you know, um, something good about Kyle Rittenhouse. So my account was zapped. Um, and then I had a second account that had about 60,000 followers that was hacked. Can't get it back. So this is my third account. So at this point I've kind of given up on like trying or not, I shouldn't say trying, but like seeing myself as an influencer, I think my account half the time it's on private, um, just because I don't want anyone to hack it or like report me and get it canceled. So I know I have like a following and I know people like what I have to say, but like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an influencer. Like yeah. I, I, most of the time you see I'm in pajamas or like, you know, workout clothes, <laughs> um, you know, so no, I know people do pay attention, I should say. And people are like, do a podcast, do a podcast, do a podcast. But I'm just, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. No. So I know that, yes, and I know that my words may carry weight, but I don't really see myself as a follower or as an influencer. I see myself as like the wife of an influencer. So right. I feel like I can say what I want and do what I want because I'm not an influencer. Like, which is kind of a fun feeling too, right? Like, yeah, I've always felt like that with Mike. Like I was like, Mike, the cop's the influencer and he's the one that's got to worry about like getting canceled. Yeah. But I have 4,000 followers on Instagram, so I can say whatever I want. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I can do whatever yeah. I want. I can burn any bridge I want to burn because uh, this isn't, this isn't my life. I, I, I identify myself as a distillery owner and as a distiller, I don't identify myself. Actually, I, I identify myself as a father of four kids, almost five. Yeah. So that's really my yeah. full-time job. Where do you see, for, Bo, that's your son's name, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he uh, is he gonna be a football star like his pops or what's he what's he? I mean, uh, kids well, athletic. Well, currently, currently, yes, he loves football. He loves soccer. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. I assume he will play sports. I think it's good for kids. Um, and I do think I do believe we're gonna homeschool him. Um, so I do think playing sports will be good to like you know be around kids and the socializing, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, homeschooling is a lot of fun. I I love homeschooling. I wouldn't do it any other different. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't do anything. Do you have any older kids? I have a Brandon has a twelve year old from a relationship in college, so I have a twelve year old stepson. He's not homeschooled. Not homeschooled. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like I was public school. My wife was homeschooled, but we homeschool all of our kids. I don't know that I I I no regrets. No regrets. I love the family time. Um, mm-hmm. I love being home and I love being around my kids so much, you know, which is why we started last call because I, I, I feel like so many cops dedicate themselves and their whole lives to their jobs, but not just cops, right? Like everybody's trying to climb the corporate ladder. Everybody's trying to go to CrossFit. Everybody's yep. trying to go to yoga. Everybody's yeah. got to be, you know, at the coffee shop for their 10 minutes with their girlfriend before work. Uh, you know, the guys that got to go do this and do that. And they're so busy that these children, yeah. they, they go from from six in the morning till five in the afternoon, not seeing their parents. Oh yeah. You know why their parents are getting jacked abs, you know, in creamy lattes, you know, their kids are a little piece of shit. And, and I, and I, I saw like, you know, man, more people just need to spend more time with their children and be more concerned about being a good parent. Cause I, I, I coined a phrase called parental illness and I talk about it a lot. But I think that that we don't have a mental health crisis in this country. We have a parental health crisis in this country. The diets that we put our kids on, uh, the constant fast food, um, yeah. doing things that, that aren't within reason, right? Like screens, yeah. unreasonably amount of screens. You know, not, it's not that I'm taking a shower and Brandon's at work screens. It's the, right. I'm going to go have coffee with my girlfriend here's a screen. I'm going to take a shower. Here's a screen. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and have lunch and watch my soap opera. Here's a screen. You know, oh, it's okay. unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think going back to what you said earlier about everything's so extreme, like on one end or the other. And I think that's like in parenting, I have to like stop, you know, cause there's so much mom guilt or, uh, you know, it's like, oh, so, you know, he's watching a screen. I'm a bad mom. But yes, there's a difference between I need to get this meal done or I need to make this phone call for our health insurance or, you know what I mean? Like I need to take a shower. Um, so, you know, the only way to keep him happy, content and occupied as an 18 month old, you know, when you can't have mommy's undivided attention is to watch, you know, Elmo. Oh, you know, Elmo talking about colors and shapes is different than like yeah. having him on, having your kid on a screen all day right. while you're on Instagram, watching your TV show, you know, doing whatever, doing whatever you want. Yeah. So that, there's a balance. So I, I wouldn't say no screen time, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, necessary, I think, especially when you're, you know, you've got kids in the house and things you have to get done. Yeah. It'd be unreasonable to say no screens here, but my wife is very, uh, my wife's very crunchy. She's, she's an amazing human, probably like one of the best women on the planet earth. Um, I I don't know how she does all the things that she does all the time, but she has a very, you know, all she wanted to be from, from the time she was a little girl was she wanted to be a mom. And so she's very passionate about being a mom and she likes being a mom and, and, you know, she's very quiet. She doesn't do screens at all. She, She could go two days. It drives me nuts because we pay so much money for, for cell phones. She'll go two days. Phone will be dead. She won't be able to find it. Yeah. She she can't find her damn phone, but, um, she's a good mom. She's a great mom. Well, well, yeah, no, great mom. It it is. It is a great thing to do. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But, um, but she is, uh, one, like you can't always, you know, not, not everybody can be in that kind of position where you can lose your phone for, for a couple of days, but she's got me that I use my phone constantly all the time. But, But, um, you know, she's really, really good about using the phones for like learning opportunities for the kids. Yeah. And and she's really good about making sure that if the kids are on the phones, there's something, there, there's a learning opportunity there yeah. to be had. So we actually went the whole summer with zero, um, like we got rid of all the streaming. We got rid of Netflix, Amazon. I was like, this, what, are you crazy woman? Are you it. crazy? There's no way. I couldn't do it. Well, you know what? I said that too. I said, there is no way I actually was like, 
I think my exact words are, are you crazy woman? Have you lost your mind? Like <laughs> what podcast did you listen to that told you to do this? But we did it. And what happened is, is that we had to go to these, this poppers bookstore and we went every Sunday and each kid was allowed to pick out a DVD. They're two bucks. It's a used DVD store. And okay. so, and then me and her picked out one. So that's five days of DVDs. And every night we sat down and had movie night together. And you know, at the end of the summer, we got all of our show, like we have all of our streaming back now, but man, what, it was a fun 30 days or 35 days, whatever it was. Yeah. It was that's a great. fun, it was a fun experience uh, to be had, but you know, she, she had the big mom guilt with the, uh, the phones. And I think that's why she decided that she was gonna not do it. But I think now that she's on her fifth kid, she's like that whole mom guilt thing. You just got to get over that sometimes. Like you, you, you gotta, gotta be reasonable. You just gotta be reasonable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, be, don't feel guilty as long as you're being reasonable because a lot moms yeah. do a lot yeah it's a full-time yeah job. and i feel i feel like i have one i, I have one he'll, he'll be two next month and i i am type 1 diabetic so i will say that like sometimes when your blood sugar is low your blood sugar is high it it's like oh you, you already feel awful and then it's like oh i have to take care of bathe entertain this kid um or like my baby so it can be it can be like oh but I feel terrible because I have one and I'm like, oh, this is hard. And then I hear about women like your wife who have four and it's like, I have like no, I have like no right to complain. Yeah, you do. One is hard. One is hard. <laughs> one is so hard. hard. I don't know if it's just me. It's hard. I also had a baby late in life. Like Bo, I was 38, I think when Bo was born, I'll wow. be 40 this summer. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just used to my life being just me. And then it's like, and a husband and a baby and it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's like the best thing ever that we don't have any family that lives in Arizona. So we hired a, a nanny to come a few days a week to help and she's leaving in like two weeks. And so I'm like, Oh, what, like, what, what, what am I going to do? And then I hear women do it alone with like three and four kids. And I'm like, girl, suck it yeah, up. Get it but together. like I said, for, having one kid is hard because it's just uh, you versus uh, that kid. Yeah. When you have true. like three kids, it's that one kid versus the other two siblings and you. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, well, because when my stepmom or my stepmom, when my stepson comes for holidays and summer, he's 12. So it's like, hey, can you play with Bo so I can get this done? Can you guys play so I can get this done? Yeah, that's true. It is a lot easier. It, it's, it is. I'll it's, say that one was, I've, I've always said this when people ask yeah. me about kids. I say one is the hardest because you have no idea what you're doing. Like you're just <laughs> shooting from the hip. Like you're Never. trying shit. It works. Sometimes it doesn't work. You constantly feel like a failure. You're like, man, my kid just stuck a key in a light socket. Is that a parenting problem? Like, is my kid supposed to be that dumb? Like, what do I do now? Do I go get counseling for this kid? Like, how can he be so, you know what I mean? Then and you have two. Kid, What's that? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, and every kid's different. So like moms would give me advice of like, no, try this formula or try this bottle or, you know, try to swaddle him or put him to sleep like this. Every kid is different. And it's Everyone. like, it's not working. It's not working for my kid. It's not working. And so then after, you know, you're, you, you grow and some time goes by and then you see other kids and you're like, all these babies are different. Like what worked for my baby is not going to work for your baby. So I can't, you know what I mean? I can't really tell you other than try 10 things and see which one works. That's so, yeah. I. That's yeah. what my wife always says. My wife says, I'm not giving, I don't give parental advice. Like, and neither yeah. do I, like we said, because like, for instance, my middle child, if I look at him, and I say, August, he's it. He's broke. He's like, oh my God, I just disappointed dad. Like he just gave me the finger. Like, I mean, he's sitting on the couch with his finger in his mouth. Like it's game over. My, yeah. my youngest child, if I'm like Elkin James and he'll be like, Hey dad, what are you going to do? Like not going to stop. You know? And then, you know, my oldest child, you know, I, you know, I spanked him at an early age. I haven't spanked him in years. He's 10 now, but he's, and he is just a wonderful soul. He's just got such a good heart on his shoulders. But, you know, he went through that age of four where, man, I had to, he had to get, but I was a cop back then. And what I realized was that my kid was a little shit when I was a cop because I was more focused on being a great cop than I ever was on being a great father. So my kid couldn't throw a baseball uh, or, or maybe he could, you know, uh, you know, maybe we had a little bit of time, but I didn't spend quality time with my son. And the time I did spend with my son was about me being a cop, you know? Um, and so, you know, when I stopped being a cop and I, and I was at home with my wife, mm -hmm. I was like, wait, why is he doing that? Like, I'm going to put an end to that right now. And then I ended up being, being a father, being like a real father and 
yeah. know, he's a, I was a great kid, but you know, cause at the same time she had two kids on her hand and it was, you know, by herself with two kids. But I always say this one kid's the hardest cause you don't know what you're doing. Your second okay, kid is the that. easiest cause you got it. And you've got this like weird confidence where you're like, man, I've already done this once. I already know all that. Like you're good. Like it's easy. Then you have a third kid and you feel like the whole world just fell apart. You're like, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? This is miserable. Then you have four kids and there's nothing. And then five kids, like we have five, our fifth on the way. So yeah, you just keep having them every year. I, I think I'm going to get snipped. Popping them out. <laughs> she doesn't want me to. It's like a religious thing. She's not sure oh, about okay. it religiously. She's like, I don't okay. know if this is what God would want or not. But like at the same time, she's like, I kind of don't want to keep having kids. Yeah. After one, it was so hard. I had, I, I, I had like postpartum and it was like, I was miserable. So I told Brandon, like, you know, if you ever want to see me without my clothes on again, you have to get snipped. Cause like I'm never doing this again. I don't yeah. even want like the risk. And he didn't obviously he's like, uh, not going to happen. And now that I've forgotten how miserable I was and like, like having a toddler is easy or e a lot easier than a newborn. I'm like, maybe we could do it again. And, uh, Dude, the second one is so much easier cause you don't really care about it as much. Yeah. And that's how I think, like I've experienced it all. And so like when you're in the thick of it, of like having a newborn you're like, when am I ever going to get like more than four hours of sleep? Once you're past that, you're like, oh wait, I can do that again. That wouldn't yeah. be so hard. I would like enjoy the baby snuggles and I wouldn't be like, I haven't showered in three days. Like why, why do I feel terrible? Um, yeah. And you're much more calm. Like when they're crying, like you, you like the, our, our, our fourth yeah. child Sunday, man, like if she cries, it's like she goes like we put her like straight in her room and like lay her down in the crib and just like walk away we've got no camera monitors for that little girl we got no none of the things that you can listen to it it's like you know what i mean like by the time you get to your fourth kid it's like you love them the same but it's like you're like ah, oh, it'll, it'll be, be fine. fine like you've seen like the other three kids whack their heads like now it's like you know my five-year-old he gets a knot on his head now like the first child you're going to the hospital you know <laughs> like, your third child you're off. like hey i don't even want to hear you whining don't even cry like yeah. <laughs> You want to cry about yeah, that knot on your head? You go to your room. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Brandon, like he bless him. He was a wonderful husband because I was like, it was my first time, but it was Brandon's second. So he's like, you don't need all that extra stuff. And I spent a fortune on like the monitor that goes on their foot to like detect that their heart's still beating, and like you know a monitor in every room, and I had a swing in every room. Like uh, when I tell you, I went. <laughs> overboard i was like uh, oh he's not okay he's oh 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 and brandon was like girl you don't need all this you're gonna look back and tell me i'm right but yeah 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 i think the if second you, one if you had like, a second oh. if you have a second one you won't do any of that like i remember our <laughs> no. first one we had the diaper wipe warmer oh yeah a diaper wipe warmer that is the most pointless baby purchase. Why? Because by the time you pull it out to wipe so their dumb. butt, it's freezing cold. It's the worst. It's so stupid. And you got to plug it in. Right. It's so dumb. Like, yeah. it's so dumb. But you do all those things, you know? Yep. You, and that's why I always say the first one's hardest because it's like you have no idea what you're doing. You're like, you want to sleep with it, but the doctors tell you you can't sleep with it. And then you're like, you want to put it in the crib. And then you, yep. you know, then you're checking on it 50 times a night. Dude, you got the fifth kid and you're just like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get up five times and I just put them in the bed with me. It'll be fine. You know? <laughs> so wait, did you guys like sleep train or co-sleep or like, what is your wife's philosophy and all that? Cause this was like brand Brandon and that was like our number one fight and point oh. of contention for the first like year, year and a half of our baby's life. That was like our biggest point of contention. And we still don't agree on it. Brandon so, just kind of like said, whatever you want to do, I'm just going to suck it up. Well, I've always, that's always been my take on it is like, do whatever you want. Because like, I have no say. I didn't even like name the kids. Um, I'm just like, you just name whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's like, this is your shit. Like, I'll, I'm just here to make I'll provide. Sure the lights down. Yeah, I'll provide and give security and you just, Good you raise you. them. But um, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, our of what we did with, with all of our kids is they sleep in our beds the first six months. Yes. With us for six months. And she breastfeeds. Um, which was a lot easier on her because when the baby yeah. wakes up, you're not getting out of bed, walking Thank down the you. damn hallway. Like she Thank just, you. you know, shoves its face on her, on her, yep. on her titty. And then it, it's all good. So we and do that for six months yeah. and then, uh, and then it goes to the crib. Now I will say the first two kids did not go to a crib. They went to a bassinet next to the bed. Yep. This fifth, the fourth child that we just had, uh, she's 10 months old. Uh, after six months, she's straight to her crib. 
to like she's been in her crib since six months but she's fine like out of yeah. all of our kids she's the absolute easiest i mean she only cries if she's hungry or she's wet herself like other than that she's pretty yeah she's pretty good now my my other kids you know they all had their things one you know in, uh, separation anxiety one of them had uh, you know the another one just you know refused to wear a diaper you know it was just a big point of contention like all the time yeah. just running around naked everywhere all the time yeah kids are yeah. tough kids brandon are tough. was like yeah brandon was like first like you know a few weeks home the baby slept in our bed and then brandon was like i need some sleep i still have like work to do and so we got a bed in the nursery but our baby like you set him down in a crib like you hold him to sleep you put him in a crib and he would scream bloody murder like as soon as he knew you weren't holding him anymore and so i was like a i was big on like co-sleeping like i wanted to sleep with him every night yeah. as a first mom i was just you know i was just convinced he was going to stop breathing so i wanted to like i would literally sleep in a bed in his nursery with the monitor so like i could see oh, his yeah. face and not get out of bed like when i tell you i was nuts i was nuts no Brandon, i mean i, I no, was the same way i was the same way with my first child yeah brandon is like no let him he'll fine you can cry a little bit let him cry you know put him in his crib let him cry he'll be fine and i was like absolutely not so i am like not a fan of sleep training i am like a co-sleeper if i could still and i still want to co-sleep with Bo. but when he's like if, and if we travel or like take trips he does sleep with us but he doesn't sleep anymore like if i'll try to put him in our bed and he just plays like he doesn't go to yeah. bed it'll be 11 o'clock and i have to go put him in his crib he just wants to play yeah but i am i'm such a co-sleeper and brandon was like put that boy in his crib and let him cry and i was like oh my baby yeah so yeah, yeah my wife's you know, a big like let him go like she that's what she does she puts him in there she's like i mean it'll take like one night maybe two of them crying yeah. themselves to sleep after that you'll never have to worry about it again yeah. you know but uh yeah. and she's right i mean for, i mean for our kids every single one of them man it's and i'm the kind of guy that's like oh fuck this like let me just go get him like daddy's <laughs> here to rescue and she was like no she's like you're not gonna rescue him it's not it's not how this works Eddie. like she's like i'm in charge of the parenting and i'm like oh that's right you are in charge Good of the parenting yeah. go Good ahead for you guys and I'm, I'm sure your kids are fine that's what brandon kept saying he'll be fine he'll be fine i'm like no as long as your kid doesn't grow up to be like a like a like a school a school killer I think you're, you know, yeah. you're successful. If your kid doesn't grow up to bang half the police department, you're good. If your kid doesn't grow up to be the Idaho guy, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there are some really yeah. bad parents out there. Yeah. Um, you know, you just want to keep your kid from being like a nationwide meme. That's my new, that's what I've learned from last <laughs> Friday show is like, that's my goal. Like I'm going to teach my kids to whatever you do in life. Don't be a nationwide meme. Don't get don't to the point in life where everybody's making fun of you. Don't do it. Like, yeah. Just avoid all that um corinne we really where can we find you like on instagram is uh what's your what's your handle my handle is at uh, i think it's the corinne tatum 3.0 it's literally like uh, my third account uh <laughs> the corinne tatum i was wondering why it was 3.0 do you have a ghost bed do you guys have ghost beds no it's that oh it's our main sponsor they've been they've been sponsoring us for like two years over two years oh yeah, yeah, yeah. um but no. they like they're made in the usa they absolutely 100 like support through all the animal, like I, so they were sponsors on the first show that I ever did, which was Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legends for the okay. Drinking Bros Network, um, which is owned by like Jared Taylor and Ross Patterson, the guys from Black Rifle Coffee. And um, and so then they came out when I, when they hired me to do the Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legends, uh, Ghostbed was our first sponsor there too. But uh, through all the thick and thin of all the blue line shit, the, I mean, I we had them on before George Floyd incident. And number one said they ever waver um and oh. i have said some like i've gotten in some heated stuff hey, mike the cop i mean come on the dude's got huge opinions and yeah. never one out of all of the sponsors ghost mm -hmm. is the only sponsor has never ever sent us an email to check okay. check ourselves or wreck ourselves they could care less okay. what we say or what we do uh they 100 percent back the military and they 100 but their the their beds are they, they get that cooling technology Okay. and uh so it's like you're sleeping on the cool side of the pillow all the time okay they're awesome mike's got one everybody's got one. underpay producers got one all the guys like rifle got them like it they're huge so if your kid has a hard time sleeping put them on a ghost okay. bed spoil them up get them a ghost bed well, you can do, get up and they won't even know you got up 
So in our nursery, I got one of those like, you know, um, ghost bed, maybe the same where you like order the mattress and it fluffs yeah, up over two days, was, yeah. but it is so uncomfortable. And so I want to get rid of it and uh, order a new mattress. And so I will, yeah, ghost I'll, bed has I'll, the... that after, but I think that I'll try a ghost bed because in this, are, are we out of time? In the Steven Crowder, everyone's talking about, and all the comments I saw was like, people don't like ad reads. But my point of view is that we there's so many companies who will cancel us at the first unpopular yeah. thing we say that we need to be hungry and thirsty for ads. We should want to know what companies support our values. 100%. So I 100% now want to order a ghost bed. Dude, you because know what if like, you that's how strong they are, then we should all be ordering from companies that don't waver uh, on podcasts such as yours. 100%. Man, we lost so many sponsors. Uh, we lost an entire like uh, ad agency because of our Uvalde take. <laughs> I, it was insane. Yeah. They were like, we said not to do it. <laughs> we said not to do it. He did it. So no, we're not selling any ads for you, you anymore. Um, but Ghostbed. Uh, so one Ghostbed. Yeah. The Ghostbed never cared. Like Ghostbed never has once cared, uh, you know, and, and the owner uh, has messaged me personally, like, Wow. Every four or five months, you know, just maybe an article or something or a thumbs up or, you know, they're just okay. a really great company. But, um, and, and I've got a bunch of cops that, that sleep on it, but they have the three, they, they have like the, like a survey that you fill out. Of course, most companies do, but they have like the three types of beds. And I know that there's another guy named Dan, the cop and, um, and he's a retired NY cop. And then he's, uh, I, now he's in North Carolina. He's, I, he's a big to do. I don't know what he does. I don't keep up with him that much. I just know that he's important. And, um, you know, he ordered the ghost beds and he called me. He said, Hey man, I just got my ghost bed in. Um, and I didn't know if I was wanting hard or medium and I went with hard, but now I'm thinking I kind of want the medium. And, uh, I was like, he's like, can you put in a word for me? And I was like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. You don't even need a word. Just email the little thing that's on your slip. They email you back like right away. Like it's, it, I, you don't even need me to put in okay. a word for you. He called me back like a week later and he was like, dude, I called him and they were like, Hey, we got another mattress coming to you, but it's quicker for us to get you this medium topper. So the topper is coming, which is going to make your bed a medium until we get the other one shipped. Cause this was like during Christmas, like the whole, it was like December sure. like 13th or 12th or something like that. It was his Christmas gift to himself actually. And, uh, he was like, dude, he's like, they sent me the topper. And then I slept on the topper while the other one's in route. And he's like, I just called him back and I said, Hey, like, can you cancel that one? That's like not coming. Cause the topper is like magic. Yeah. It's like, magic kingdom for me so just a okay. company that they, they work out so okay anyways that was our ad read for today and no, i love it i think it's important i think it's invaluable actually there's every you know we don't want to support companies that don't support us we want to support companies that support us so we as listeners should be like what company do i need to support so i'm here for it so thank you so much corinne and uh hey look you ever uh you're, you're ever doing some parenting stuff, man. Just, just, uh, you know, we'll share it up, man. Tag us or, or send it to me, uh, DM it to me and I'll share it. Cause, uh, you know, I just think there's not enough, there's not enough people that are out there trying their best. And that's the point. Trying your best to be the best parent. Trying yeah, I, your best. Yeah. And it's hard if I've, people followed me and I was like, man, I feel like all I'm doing is complaining, but I think it's so true as a mom and as a new mom, like, you know, everyone on social media, all the influencers are like, oh, look at my perfectly like, you know, aesthetic background with my matching PJs. And isn't, isn't this wonderful? And it's, it's wonder. And I'm like, this is not wonderful. It's hard. Yeah. And so I was very honest about like how much I struggled as being a new mom. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's very good advice. It's like, as long as you're trying, as long yeah. as you care and you're trying, you're probably doing a good job. Better and you can't you quit. You know, people say like, wait until they're teenagers, you know, that, that's a big one you hear. Wait until they're teenagers and see how you feel. Okay. Yeah. It's going to get hard, but I'm not going to stop trying to be the best. And it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to keep trying. And you know what, when we get past the teenage years, you, you like think about yourself, maybe not you, you're you were probably the perfect child, but like me, I could have been an off the rails heroin addict, huge dirtbag, but my parents just never quit. My parents never tolerated what I did. I did it anyway, but my parents right. never tolerated. They kept trying to bring me back and bring me back. Yeah. And eventually, 
you know, I ended up joining the military and becoming a police officer and, you know, I'm doing just fine now. But the point is that they never stopped trying, even when I was embarrassing them and, and, and I was straying away and doing my own thing. My parents never stopped trying to get me back. And eventually I came back and I, I think that's what happened. You get to those teenage years and a lot of parents, they stop trying. They're like, well, he's going to go do what he wants to do. So let him go. No, no, mm-hmm. just keep the pressure on him. Look, I know you're doing what you're doing, but I don't agree with it. And your ass better be home by 11 or you're getting locked out. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you don't stop. So, yeah, so. that's that's key. Yeah. Okay. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we love you guys. We love Brandon Table. We love all the things that you're doing for first responders, and um, and 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 we love watching you guys. And don't stop the fight there. And hope to see a th- thin blue line LAPD edition out uh, at some point. Because uh, I'll wear it. I'll wear the shirt. I'm not a big th- thin blue line wearer. I just don't wear a lot of uh, police stuff just because it's not my it's not my style. You know what I mean? Like a I got a style, but I think I would this week rock a thin blue line t-shirt. Yeah. Just off, uh, just off principle. Off yeah. Principle, I know we've yeah. got a, I know we've got a few of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it always feels good to give a big F you to these, to these people and like the t-shirts and the merch you wear. Cause that's like my favorite thing is when I take Bo to the playground and a little choo-choo train park and I've just got like a, you know, anti-Biden California ruined by Democrats tea. And I'm oh. like, I don't just say anything and you know, it's just my silent, my silent protest. I like it. I like it. I respect it. Damn it. I support it. All right, guys. I'm here for all the smoke. All right, guys. Hey, this has been an awesome failure to stop. Last call episode until next time, guys, guns up and giddy up. Oh,